It's the week of December 2nd, and this is MASHcast number 108. Mashless Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with Nick Zellenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Jeez, Nick. Don't try to sound happy or anything. I you know, know, right? I kind of wanted to go with a screw you, but A, I didn't have anybody to say, and B, I, I, I wanted to feel what it would be like to be Joel. But uh, I, could, so couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. You have the exact yes. opposite came across there. Yes. I, I was that's not you, me, Nick. That, that's not you. Let's, let's not try to be smiles. Be who you are. We like you for who you are. Can, can we go back and can we go back and re-record this? No. Besides, <laughs> I'm not even mad this week. You're not mad, man. No. Everything's all messed up. I have a thank you this week. Thank you. Thank you for the guy on Twitter who told me I was terrible at a link between worlds and tweeted how bad my review was to all of his followers by giving the review link to all of them, all 300 of them, which is way more than I could have reached normally through my Twitter. So thank you very much for spreading my review further than I could have by complaining about it and saying I, that I must I just needed to be better at a link between the worlds. That's why I didn't like it. I I never I, thought of that. I thought you gave it a decent score. I gave you a four, four to five. What? I just, yes. Hater. I, this is like this is my first hate out of ten moment. I feel pretty good. I'm legitimate now. Fuck yeah. So wait, like he what he wants you to give it a five? I guess he just said be better and posted a picture of him with a lot of rupees, and then tweeted it to his followers saying fail. It's like I don't know what do you want from me? I said the game was really good. I said the rental system was stupid and that it's kind of boring collecting rupees instead of collecting items. When did that happen? Last night, like pretty much as soon as I posted it on Twitter. Oh well. Thanks, guy. Yeah, exactly. Not even mad. Dude, I, I uh, okay. I, when I read it, I looked like you like it. Like I didn't. I don't understand how he kind of. I don't get it. I really don't. I, how could you say that you didn't like the, you didn't like the game? I guess like, fanboys, man, fucking fanboys. I know. It's been a while. Oh well. Uh, well, this is Mashcast number 108, our post-Thanksgiving Mashcast, dealing with the aftermath of that. Everybody except Joel, because he's in the frozen north, and those heathens don't celebrate Thanksgiving. They so, do. <laughs> at the same time. In October, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking with you. Uh, we have a lot to cover today, uh, so let's just hop into it. Nick, what have you been playing, if anything? Uh, not that much. Uh, I, I am obligated to talk slightly about Happy Wars. Uh, I didn't really play it, but I got to watch some people play it over Thanksgiving. Um, it looked like a fun little, uh, very cutesy animated style. Uh, I want to say it's free to play on the Xbox uh, 360. Mm-hmm. 
uh, where you had the, you got little characters, like kind of in like deathmatch type scenarios. Uh, it's a third person, uh, third person brawler kind of settings. Uh, but you've got, you've got, you can cast like spells and you get, it's kind of medieval settings. You got your, your warriors and your mages and your, your healers. Um, so I gotta say, it looked like there's a lot of people playing that. So it, it did, uh, I mean, it, you know, I, as I said, I didn't really get to play it myself, but it looked, it looked, you know, fun enough, I guess. I didn't really, didn't really come away like thinking it looks, you know, terrible. So, you know, it was decent enough. Um, it didn't look bad, so it must be yeah. good. Yeah. You know, um, works for me. It kind of really, it, it, you know, especially the perspective and, and the, the classes, it did remind me a bit of, uh, like World of Warcraft Battlegrounds, uh, like some of those. But uh, it had some neat mechanics, though, where, uh, like, uh, I guess they had, like, two castles, and then, like, people were fighting in the middle, and then they fell back to their castle, and the castle had all kind of defenses that they could go man. So it looked like there's a bunch of different stages to the progression. The battle seemed to take uh, quite a long time, so I can see how it'd be fun. Uh, I don't have an Xbox, though, so I can't, even if I thought it was awesome, I couldn't really get into it. Um, I've also gotten back into playing Diablo, uh, or Diablo 3, rather, I should say. I played that a little bit on console over the... Uh, Actually, uh, not over the Thanksgiving break, but before that. And, console. Uh, yeah. Was it on and console. It was. It was. It was okay. Uh, I got stuck playing a mage, and so I just ran around spamming uh, their lightning attack, which was pretty pretty powerful for the the stage we were in. Um, and I remember when I, I played it at uh, I played it on uh, the PS3 back at, uh, at PAX, and I thought it was okay. Um, a lot of the stuff I didn't like though was like the, the inventory and stuff. And since I was playing somebody else's character, I really wasn't going to be running around like equipping stuff and whatnot. So I didn't play too much with the character management, but as just far as just running around and, and button mashing and, and, you know, shocking the hell out of stuff with lightning bolts. Uh, that was fun. And it was, it was fun enough to get me to get back and, uh, start progressing through, uh, I think I'm still in nightmare mode, uh, on, on the PC. So I went back and started playing that again. So that's fun. Um, but otherwise that's about it. Okay. Oh, what about you, Joel? What you been up to? Well, been playing a link between worlds, so might as well go into that a little bit since I'm getting hate mail for it already. Um, it's a pretty solid game. I mean, if you like the top down Zeldas, if you like the link to the past that sort of inspired it, well sort of inspired it, um, you're probably gonna enjoy it. Um, I found the the overworld map for the starting area, it, like it just hits all the nostalgia buttons really fast. And I was really excited for it at first. But then I realized I sort of knew where all the secrets were because I'd already found them in, when I played it 20 years ago. And none of the secrets have really moved. Um, Nintendo did go out of the way to sort of make the secrets different by changing like what items were in there or putting in like challenge rooms to get you more rupees. And, and that's actually another part of the game's problem. Um, if you haven't heard, instead of getting items in dungeons... Like in normal Zelda, you actually rent them from a shop that's uh, in your house at the start of the game. Uh, you get it about, I don't know, I think one dungeon in. And you can rent every item you need in the game for about 30 rupees each. And it doesn't take that much time to build up that much money, so you can rent them all out. The only time they go back is if you die. And it's not a hard game, so you don't die all that often. So you end up getting like all the items in the game really early on for pretty cheap. And unless you want to buy these items from the shop, which instead of 30 rupees costs about 800 to 1200 rupees each, um, there's no point in collecting rupees. So it's all kind of just really dull 
for me. Like, I, I don't know. I just didn't feel any interest in collecting the rupees because I wasn't going to die. So I wasn't going to lose the items. And even if I did, I'd just go spend 30 bucks to get them back. Like, I, I, I just didn't see the point. And, I mean, having a challenge room where you get rupees, like, what do I care that I can get 300 rupees from doing, like, this stupid hard challenge room that's frustrating me? It's not like a piece of heart or an item or something where I'm going to feel like my efforts are justified. It's stuff I could find, like, on the ground if I was patient. Instead of like fighting my way around like these stupid challenge rooms. So I ended up going into like like these secret caves, being like, all right, I found something cool, and like looking is like, oh, it's just treasure, and just walk right out again. Like can't even be bothered with it. Um, but other than that, like it, it's those things really bug me all throughout the game. But I mean, once you get to the second area, like a uh, low rule, the the layout changes a little bit. It felt like the secrets are a little bit better hidden. Um, they use more of that like 2D wall clinging power that you get, where you can like merge with the wall and move around it. So they they put in some neat new secrets using that. So I mean that that made things much more interesting once you hit the second world. Um, the dungeons have all undergone like a lot of neat overhauls that use like the fact that you can play in like three dimensions and like more complex dungeons. Like uh, one of them was a tower, and you could literally see like the floors below you. And, like, there were puzzles that required you to do things like a floor higher and then move back lower and things like that. So they could do some more intricate stuff with 3D. So there were things I liked, but just that stupid need for rupees just sort of was a downer for the whole game. And, I mean, part of the fun of the the dungeons in Zelda has always been getting the items. So not having that, it sort of made them feel kind of bleh. But, uh, I mean, it made up for it quite a bit with uh, new layouts, but still just... I really enjoyed the game, but I felt like just a couple of screwed up decisions made it what could have been an excellent game into just a good game. So I was a little down about how it could have been better. And I've uh, also played a, a lot of Risk of Rain. Uh, my review just went up for that, but I've been playing that for quite a bit. Um, really good, uh, sort of weird indie roguelike. Um, this, uh, the scale of your characters is kind of interesting in that game where the world is huge around you and you play these little tiny characters because it lets the devs put in some really huge, neat monsters, um, pixel art style. So hopefully you enjoy that. I do. Um, but, uh, really cool, odd monster designs. Um, a lot of huge mobs coming at you all at once. So it's, it's a bit of a stressful game. Um, the game also gets harder the longer you play it. There's a timer in the corner that increases the game's difficulty as you go. But you also gain experience from killing monsters, so you sort of have to balance it out. Like, do I stick around here, kill a couple monsters to get tougher, knowing that my meter is going up and the I'm, harder enemies will spawn if I stick around for too long? Uh, another neat aspect of it was uh, you, get, you can get a lot of power-up items, but instead of having to choose which ones you equip, you can equip pretty much all of them at once. So if you get something that like makes the enemies drop health, slows them, fires extra missiles, just like all these things stack, so eventually firing these ridiculous weapons whenever you pull the trigger is pretty cool. And uh, it's just a really nice package, but uh, adding on the music from uh, Chris Christodoulou, I'm probably butchering his name, uh, cool music guy from Athens who did the music for uh, The Sea Will Claim Everything, uh, just sort of tries out some more action-y music in this game, and he's, he's really, really good. I love his work. So just ties it all together really well. And it's it's multiplayer. So, I mean, you can play with your buds on it. So I think it's like 10 bucks on Steam. So that's a good time. 
Yeah, after I read your review, I was actually considering checking it out. I just don't know when I'm going to have time to play it, and that's the only thing that's kind of holding me back right now. Time's always been a killer for me lately. Just, there's so much I want to try, but <laughs> finding the time to play it is the hard part. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. We live such hard lives, man, you know. We do. We have too many games to play. Too Childhood me would have hated me. <laughs> like, really? You have too many games to play? I guess we'll fucking play Battletoads and get to level 3 and not win again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a good problem to have, so I can't I can't complain that much. Exactly. What about you? What are you going to play, man? Well, let's see. I was playing Hotline Miami for my Vita, but that got stolen over the weekend. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, so I was playing that. Actually, it's the most Hotline Miami I've played. I uh, got up to like level 7 or 8, and I think there's 14 levels total. Um, so uh, I, I was having a good time with it. We did a review on Hotline Miami. Uh, not me, but somebody else that did a review for us on Hotline Miami. And um, I, I I had to go back and reread that review because I disagree. Now, now going back from playing for the Vita, I disagree with a lot of what, what he said, which is on our site, which is yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> well, because, well, huh? Didn't, didn't, were there people in the comments that also kind of disagreed with what he said at the time? Kind of does not just begin to describe what the comments said for that review. Yes, that is true. <laughs> not to <laughs> sell the poor guy up the river, but... Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like, it was very um, I don't know. He, I think he, he, I just think he didn't like the game. Like yeah. that's the thing. He just, he just didn't like the game. It wasn't clicking with him. Like he said, he was having trouble like looking into other rooms. Like you know, he couldn't see you before he went to another room. But actually, it tells you in the front tutorial to touch the screen and you can move it around, oh, which is actually easier. Well, me, I have big hands, so like for me to put my thumb on the screen and move it around, it was uh. That's actually pretty easy. Not to mention, you can also lock onto enemies in the Vita version, which comes in handy. I think you can uh, do that in the PS3 version as well. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, the only other version I played was PC. That's why. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's why I'm. Uh, uh, it was still a surprise to me. But um, yeah, I, I was having a good time playing that. Now, other than that, uh, actually, I was playing Stranger's Wrath. Didn't even get, I think I got past the first level. I know it was interesting. But then that that's about it. I played it the night before my Vita got stolen, and that's the last I saw of that. Now, I would say the good thing about digital distribution, even with my Vita stolen, um, I'm only losing one game, which is Uncharted. I did not have a digital version of Uncharted. All of my other games are digital. So pretty much as soon as I get my Vita, I'm going to download all my games again. And that's good. I'm getting a new Vita next week. Will you be able to recover the saves, or you're going to have to start over on those? I don't know if Vita uses cloud saves. I don't think it does. I don't think Vita uses cloud saves, so I have to start all over. Uh, which isn't bad, you know. Uh, you know, It gives me an opportunity to replay my games. The only save I was pissed about was my Final Fantasy VII save. Because uh, I was like, you know, like seven hours into the game, and technically speaking, I'm still in the beginning. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, seven hours. You're, that's right. That's very good. Yeah, I was gonna say you should be close to getting out of Midgard. I think I did it in six hours once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm close to getting out of Midgard, but I'm not out of Midgard. That's the thing. So, yeah, that's that that sucked, but you know it is what it is. Um, other than that, when I came back, I've been playing some Hawkin, which I talked about that before. I actually started playing CS:GO again. Yeah, I saw that you guys have been picking that up again to play. 
Yeah, start playing CSGO again. And I have a message for a hidden path. You are terrible people. You are absolutely <laughs> horrible people. Because I remember when I was playing before, it was fine. And then a patch dropped, and now, like, matchmaking does not work, I would say, 90% of the time. Uh, I pro- Out of my, I don't know, 10 matchmaking attempts, I've connected to matches twice. No, sorry, three times. So, actually, I've been playing ESEA, but that's that's such a difficulty spike, like, going from playing matchmaking to ESEA. Uh, huge difficulty spike. Server settings are different, or, you know, um, update rates are different, so I have to change my config and all that jazz. Um, actually, for, when I started playing ESEA, my config was was wrong, and I couldn't kill anybody. I was getting raped. Raped. It was so bad. But as soon as I changed my config, it got better. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing that again. But yeah, like, I mean, if I want, if I wanted to play casually, like in matchmaking, it's like I can't. Um, and like the public server option is is kind of garbage now. So hidden path, you're terrible, terrible people. Because Counter, it was easier to get a game in Counter Strike Source, which did not have matchmaking. So, fuck those guys. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's, that that's that's it for me. Uh, I've been dealing with. The loss of my stolen stuff because my Vita got stolen, my 3DS got stolen, my laptop got stolen, my tablet got stolen, my car keys, my house keys. Um, oh yeah, my glasses got all stolen. So yeah, I ever like that was a lot of stuff that went missing. So I'm just recouping from that. So fuck those assholes that stole my stuff. Hopefully you listen to the Mash Cast, you stupid fucks. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about other stuff. <laughs> let's talk about news. Um, let's talk about Steam user reviews. Uh, obviously, we're, we're catching up here, so we got about two weeks worth of stuff to talk about. Steam user reviews is uh, something that Valve announced. Uh, is that Thanksgiving week? Uh, yeah, November 25th, they actually announced it. So that was like the Monday of Thanksgiving week. And basically, um, to add on to the recommendation system that uh, Steam has, users can now write reviews. And I just thought it was funny because I'm like, don't, I, I mean, I guess it's not a bad thing to have user reviews. However, like, I'm just, how useful is a Metacritic user review? Yeah. Because this is going to be the same exact thing. Yeah, this sounds familiar. I think, I think we've complained about this and we'll bring up the exact same points as before. Just, you'll get people who just come on to shit on a game just because they feel like it and just. How much quality control is there going to be on just letting any old ding dong say stupid shit about video games? Or are we at least going to stop them from saying it before the game's out? Because that would be great. Well, they, you have nice. to. You, they can't talk about it before the game's out. They need to have actually played the game in Steam in order for them to comment on it. Well, that's already a good start. So, I mean, so right, right there, I mean, at the very least, you figure for most games that, you know, you can only talk about a game that you've bought and played. So hopefully, like, I, I, like, I don't. I haven't really looked at the Metacritic user reviews, but I, I'm guessing based on your comments, there's no way that Metacritic can check to verify, like, have you actually played this game? Yeah, exactly. So, so at least Steam, Steam can do that. So theoretically, you're only getting comments from people who have experience with the game. Now, I guess the one nice thing is you can see how long they've spent playing the game. 
So you'll, you know, you can look and say like, oh, this guy only played for 20 minutes and you're shitting all over it. But that makes sense though, because you figure if you're shitting all over something, you're, you're, you're only going to want to play it for the bare minimum. Like you play it for 20 minutes, you're sick of it. You're going to stop and then go bitch about it online. So I can kind of see that. Conversely, you might see the viewer. Unless you're a reviewer, exactly. Yeah. In which case, uh, <laughs> dig in. <laughs> no, but, but conversely, though, you might see like somebody's played like a game for like 500 hours, and they're going to write a, something like completely glowing about that, which again makes sense because if you love something that you're going to spend that much time there, then of course you're going to you know show that love in what you write about it. So I mean, at the very least, there should you should see the correlation with that. Um, but presumably, though, I mean, I think there will probably be a sweet spot where you'll see like how much time somebody spends playing a game and whether those reviews all tend to be negative or positive to give you a feel for that. Um, yeah, I guess it's cool yeah. that you can look in on what the what the person who's reviewing it has done in the game, like their achievements, possibly, and their play time and things like that. So you can sort of gauge their opinion based on how long they played it. Like they hate it. They played it for two minutes. They're obviously some friggin' moron. Or if they hate it and they played it for 20 hours, like, there's some sort of weird masochist, but, you know. Yeah. And I think, too, like, this might be interesting for developers to see because they might be thinking, like, oh, if you're only stuck with it for, like, another 20 minutes, the game, you know, we would have gone to the part where the game gets really good. You know, yes. not that not, not the games should have that, but, there, you know, there are some games where they don't really pick up until, yeah, that, you know, that, you, that happens a lot. Like, you get out of Midgard <laughs> and then the game changes? Yes, it does. Thank you, Nick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so... No, it it uh, it seems useful. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, well, actually, here's the thing about user reviews. You, I think it's not rare uh, to see a positive user review, but more people will write a review when they don't like a game versus people who will write a review when they do like a game. Exactly. People get really loud when they're mad. Exactly. Really loud. That's I mean, the thing. People get really loud and upset when they're angry. Um, this is the internet, after all. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, people get really upset when they're when they're, when they're angry. So, of course, they'll they'll hop out of the game because they're not playing it anyway because the game sucks. And uh, then they'll go out and they will, uh, you know, go hop on Metacritic or Steam reviews, and um, you know, trash the game because they're not doing it doing anything anyway so you might as well um but, but go ahead well i just want to say though at the very least though don't you think that because because it's a community where everybody's playing the game and i don't know how prominent these will be when you go to pull up a game within steam uh, how often you'll see this but i feel like just just the, just that barrier entry where it's you're, you're not just opening yourself up to trolls of all all nature I feel like maybe you can kind of limit that echo chamber a little bit. Whereas, like on Metacritic, once you get somebody like you know bad mouthing a game, all the trolls will just come out and start piling on, and then before you know it, it's just out of control in the negative direction. And at least here, especially if you've got people logging into a game, people that do like the game, they might see, hey, you know, I like this game, and I see that there's a very negative review at the top. You know, that might get you know that might you know prompt them to you know kind of come to its defense, and so maybe it can spur more of an actual dialogue rather than just. Um, you know, rather rather than, rather than just sort of you know snowballing out of control. You know what you are, Nick. You're a dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> you are a dreamer. I want to live in Nick's world, man. <laughs> because that is some dreamy shit right there. You, you were here for, you were here for one day, and then you lost all your stuff shortly thereafter. <laughs> That's very true. That is yeah. very true. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know. I mean, 
it's still in beta, so we have to see what they what they do. I mean, Valve may have some some great ideas on how to actually make this worth it, you know, because uh, it's kind of hard to find balanced user reviews. You know, like that's why I don't think any the only time people go to Metacritic for user reviews is for the comedy, man. <laughs> oh God, yeah. There's there's a mass. That's user reviews. That is a toilet. That's user reviews, not just in game stuff, but in everything. Like you know, um, actually, for example, my new laptop uh, had a couple had had positive and negative reviews. The positive reviews were all four stars. The negative reviews are all one star. And every negative review I read, which of course there were more negative reviews than positive reviews, every negative review I read was like, uh, laptop screen came cracked. That doesn't say anything. That's that's not a review about the laptop. That's a fucking shipping error. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, uh, hard drive was blank. Um, you know, like a uh, keyboard, like certain buttons aren't right, uh, don't work on the keyboard. That's obviously a defect. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Out of the box of not working, that's obviously a def- a defect. So, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, people don't do user reviews, right? Even Amazon. I mean, like, uh, like Amazon user reviews, they don't like they're either really funny or they suck. You know, like that new cologne from George Takei or what's his name? George K. Yeah, yeah that's they... his name, right? George K. Super. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, he has that new cologne, and people were writing reviews about that. You know, What's set phasers to stunning. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Umai. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's the name yes. of the cologne. Yes. That's nice. that's look it up. That's look fancy. Up. I think somebody's gonna be getting that for Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean. I, I'm not a big fan of user reviews. That's that's why we have reviewers in the first place. You know, like a certified reviewer. Not certified, sorry. Nobody's certified. But, you know, people who will take the time to actually play a game out for a long time or can, can put you through and then uh, give it an objective review. Or at least try to give it an objective review. But then the, the worst thing about user reviews is grammar. My God. <laughs> like that's an improper use of words mm-hmm. and extremes. This is the worst game I've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, really, it's the worst the game I've like ever about them played. Is you can discount them quickly. It's like, oh, bad grammar. This is going to be worthless. At least, <laughs> just no. That one's that was no point reading that one. Because I mean, the, I don't just go usually to, especially with games. I don't especially go to. Like just random reviews and see what whoever wrote. Like I have a couple of reviewers I've read and trusted over the years. Like I've sort of built up a feeling that I know what they're going to think. Right. So I, I guess uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't read a lot of peer reviews just because I don't see much point in them or user reviews. Yes. Okay. They they don't meet my criteria of trust or knowing that this person knows what they're talking about. So I don't know. I'm not going to. Re- I'm not going to use them. I mean, if I see a pile of good ones and a pile, or a pile of bad ones, I may take note, but whatever. Hmm. Well, actually, one thing about these reviews is that you can re- you can rate the reviewer. Like, you know, people can, based on how many people say they like his review versus dislike the review uh, and, and so on, you can, um, you know, the reviewer gets a rating. Uh, however, uh, oh, and not however, but like the... Um, Developers can also interact with reviewers or people that they're just people, so they can actually interact with them. 
if they want to, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't see myself using it mainly because I guess I review stuff myself. But I'm curious to think, like, you know, how useful this is actually going to be to the general public. You know, I don't think game reviewers' livelihoods are in danger or anything like that. No, but I just don't see it being all that helpful. Well, it seems it. I get the impression at the very least because right now they're gonna like the ultimate goal. Well, it's the ultimate goal, but they did say that like it's gonna start with the reviews and then they're gonna start coming up with an aggregate number that they're gonna put next to the Metacritic score. And I almost get the feeling like they're trying to like come up with a system to replace Metacritic, and. I guess, you know, theoretically, if that can be done, that's probably a good thing because I don't think there's anybody out there who really loves the Metacritic system. Yeah, if we can kill Metacritic, then yes, I'm all for this system. So. Uh, I don't think it will kill Metacritic. Or, or at least maybe overtake it on PC games because you figure, I mean, you'd need to have like Sony and, and Microsoft implement a similar system to replace it on the consoles. That's true. I don't know. Metacritic is just so massive. Like, I think people will still go there because in, in, included with Metacritic are like Metacritic certified reviews from places. So that's the, the I think that's the up Metacritic has over this system. But anyway, you know, with everything, time will tell. We'll just keep up on it and see, you know, what's going on. But uh, let's move on to our next topic, which is EA. So it's got to be bad, right? That or hilarious. Uh, that was a joke, but actually, this is actually pretty bad. <laughs> what we're getting ready to talk about. Um, so, BF4 is in such turmoil in terms of bugs and stuff like that that EA has actually put putting the expansions or DLC on hold. Do you? EA? E, do you, like, do you, let me give you a minute to grasp what I just said. <laughs> These guys really SimCity? Really? Like, were they behind SimCity? Is it sinking that in is? yet? <laughs> Joel, you're fucking up the concentration. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm thinking out loud now. But... These are, are SimCity guys, right? These they, guys are anything. They did SimCity, yes. They did SimCity. That is correct. Oh, oh God. Yeah. They, like, basically, like, that's how bad Battlefield 4 is right now, that they don't want to release the expansions. They did release one expansion. I thought two. They got through two. They got through two? Because I only see, it says... I, uh, I thought they said, that, yeah, I thought that was the second expansion, China Rising. China Rising? I thought that was the first one. Battlefield 4 just came out. It says, I don't know, the, uh, on, uh, on Game Yeah, it says, the, it says the second expansion, so I don't know what the first one was. Uh, but the, the, the... Jesus Christ! That means they put out DLC and the game just came out in, like, late October? This is EA we're talking about. That is true. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Um, so, yeah, China Rising was released because it was in the final stages anyway. But, uh... I mean, Battlefield... The Battlefield 4 has had problems with... Uh, on, on Not on, not just with PC, but various platforms with uh, connection issues, uh, crashing, corrupted single-player campaigns, a bunch of shit. And it's so bad that they don't want to release their other expansions. They have to put, you know, all of their teams or all their resources on fixing the game. A game that should have been working when it came out. A game that you gave them $60 for and they gave you a piece of shit that wasn't working. Like, come on, like, this is... This is... It's... I, it's getting... 
it's always been bad with people releasing broken games. Okay, especially EA because uh, they they're notorious for it. But actually, there's a lot of games they have that just they won't fix. Like there's a um a bug in the original Crisis, uh, like a memory leak, and like to this day, like once like uh, when a certain boss steps on the field, I you know, like I I use uh, rain meter so I can see like you know my system resources. I can see my RAM creeping up. There's a memory leak. Thank God I have 16 gigs of RAM because if other than that, like the game itself would crash. If not crash my entire system, if 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 the RAM filled up, isn't that basically though like an enrage timer on the boss? No, it's not the same thing, Nick. <laughs> it's not the same thing. I mean, a regular person who doesn't know anything about computers might just think the game is crashing. But it took me uh, it took me I don't know a couple of tries to figure out what was going on. And once I figured it out, then I was able to save the game at different times so I can beat this boss and get done with that goddamn game. But um. Yeah, I mean, like, the, it's unbelievable that they still, that it's getting this far that, you that you know, they're releasing the game, and more than a month later after it's out, it's still not playable by a lot of people. Like, come on now, like, that means you have zero respect for your customers. Zero. None. And that's why I'm not buying BF4 until it's $5. I don't think you can say they have zero. If they had zero respect for the customers, they would have said, and we're going full steam ahead with producing these expansions. I, I get the impression that they were so far into the expansion development by the time that the game actually released um, that they, you know, that they, it made sense for them to just finish up and get the, uh, the China, the China, China Rising was the second one, I think it was. Get that out and then then work on this. And I, I think, too, I think it took them a little bit to understand the full scope of how bad everything was. Because you have to figure that if if they they couldn't have known how bad this would be. And, I, and maybe, again, maybe this is me living in my perfect dream world. Oh, <laughs> I'll openly admit that. But, yes. but I have to think that they, were, you know, that they, in their own dream world, assumed that uh, the game would come out and be released and everything would be fine. And it's not, then all of a sudden they're like, wait, this isn't working, this isn't working. And then before you know it, they're overwhelmed with bugs and they're like, okay, we got to pull everybody off the DLC. So was this a terrible launch? Yes. Um, did they know it was going to be a terrible launch? I don't think so. I don't want to live in Nick's perfect world anymore because this, <laughs> this is why they have a beta. They have beta programs to stress test and figure these things out. And they still release the game on time knowing all like, having all these issues. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and somebody made the argument was like, well, they wanted to have Battlefield 4 ready for, you know, um, for, you know uh, the next-gen launch. You know what? what? You knew what was supposed to come out next-gen launch and didn't because they needed to add more polish? Wash dogs. Not wash dogs, watch dogs. <laughs> watch dogs. Was was supposed to come out, and that's a major title. More people looking forward to watch dogs than Battlefield 4. And that was supposed to come out, and you know what Ubisoft says? You know what? It's not gonna be ready. Push it back. That's what they had to do. EA was trying to compete with Activision, and Activision put out a better game because it fucking works. <laughs> <laughs> But to be fair, though, I think Battlefield being the fourth one in a franchise, pe- people theoretically know what they're getting. And the franchise has already been around for four. 
where you know for for entries whereas with watchdogs you know that's a new franchise that ubisoft is trying to launch like you only get one shot at that like now it's like well okay when battlefield 5 comes out everybody's like remember how much battlefield 4 sucked that's gonna hurt them but there's still gonna be people who like yeah battlefield 4 sucked at launch but then they fixed it and i like battlefield 3 and there's still gonna be people that are gonna go buy it but if they come out and they screw up the watchdogs launch then that's it there is no watchdogs too and for, for a company that likes to get their annual revenue out um, you know, then that hurts them more. I, th- I think it's easier for EA to recover from a bad BF4 launch than it is for uh, Ubisoft to recover from a bad it Watchdog be, launch. That it said, be, that's it. That does not justify this. No, 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 no. Right. Listen, it would be like what you would, what you just said would actually make a lot of sense if Battlefield 3 didn't have the same exact problems when it came out. <laughs> Your argument is invalid, Nick. Well, in that case, in that case, then anybody who buys Battlefield Five is living in a dream world. So yes, if you buy Battlefield Five, especially on launch, you—that's your own fault. I'm sorry, so, but like EA, like I, I, the EA is huge with the second largest video game publisher in the world. They need to be pulling other people from other game from other developers in to help with this problem. Over a month, and the game is unplayable for some people unbelievable this is why we need like a digital rights advocacy group for consumers because we don't have one the eca is not our advocates they are the eca are advocates for publishers and game well i don't even know i don't even, I don't even know if it's game developers but for publishers that's who they're advocates for and that's why they supported sopa and all that other bullshit that we don't want this is why we need an organization to fight for digital rights uh, to have a, be a digital right advocate for consumers because we're getting fucked hard by this shit. Hard. And this like video games aren't like a lot of other products. You like the, everybody who paid for Battlefield 4, they're not getting their money back. They're not getting their money back. There's no chance of them getting their money back. There is a chance that this game will never be playable for some people who paid $60 for it and they're never getting their money back. This is a problem. And that's all I have to say about that, because I'm getting really, really heated, and we still have a lot of shit to talk about. Uh, that's probably gonna make me angry. We should get like a little <laughs> thermometer that you can just watch it go up and up as we talk about stuff. Yeah, Ugh, I'm gonna be tired by the time we get done with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move on to our next. Let's move on to our next. And I don't even buy the game. I don't even own Battlefield, and I'm getting upset by this. But let's move on to our next topic, shall we? And now starts the Microsoft hate. Uh, as some would say, I call it justified because Microsoft, I don't know, man. These last two weeks for Microsoft have not been good. I mean, they had the launch of the Xbox One, which actually uh, did well, in the, in, I guess, when it launched that Friday. Uh, it sold a million units over the weekend. But that was about it. And actually, more good news for Microsoft is that they outsold the PS4 over Black Friday weekend. But that's probably because there was no PS4s to sell over Black Friday weekend. <laughs> <laughs> they were sold out, so that might be null and void. But um, first piece of news from Microsoft, uh, they published this theatr- uh I guess this, this letter as uh, satire, um, but it actually just turns out to be sexist. Uh, basically, uh, on the Microsoft website, you can print out a letter or actually send an email uh, to uh, your girlfriend or your wife. This is you as a male. Or I guess just somebody, I guess you could be female. They don't They uh, don't say it. What's important is they don't say anywhere what gender you are when writing this letter. 
That is true. This is, this is openly, Therefore, this is intended for every fan. Yeah. So at least they included, you know, LGBT. That's correct, right? LGBT? Yes. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if I had the initials wrong. That's in the right order, right? I think so. Or right. LBGT. Yeah. So, but but this letter is is uh, targeted at females. Okay, that's why I just assume they they're assuming that you're a male. They they didn't even have to say it. They just assume that you're a male. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. and uh, basically it's supposed to be to your girlfriend or or a wife, significant other, and it it basically lists out reasons why you as a gamer and her as a non-gamer should get an Xbox One. Okay, and like I said, I, I guess it was satire, but it um, you know, here here's some of the reasons. Okay, so if the first reason is games, and here this is a quote. This is what it says: Maybe you don't love games like I do, but there's really something for everyone. While I'm playing Dead Rising Three, you might like the arc- you might like arcade games, and since you were just begging me to dance, I'm willing to play Forza Five just for you. It's a win-win. Was it? And since you were just begging me to dance, I'm willing to play Forza Five just for yeah, you. That doesn't what, make sense. What? Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. You, you, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it makes sense to anybody. I, I don't you, think it's just you. Well, no, you uh, would think it would be like you know, if you're just begging me to dance, like let's play just dance. Well, actually, here, the, actually, the thing is, it has links. This thing has links, so I, I can't click the link uh, because it's just the image of the of said letter. Uh, so maybe if she would have clicked the link, it would have taken her to just dance. Cause you know, women love dancing. Mm-hmm. So, all right, here we go. Uh, reason number two, entertainment for both of us. You love movies and I love football cause women don't like sports at all. Yeah. Well, with, with the Xbox one, we can love both. We can catch your favorite team. Oh, we can. Oh wait. Yeah. Catch your favorite team. That is correct. Catch your favorite team and check sure. out my favorite team. Maybe, that, See, maybe we need like the team. links. That's the thing. We need the links because I want to know what to what team. You know, I bet you, you know what like it's like. Team Edward. Team Edward. Exactly. Team Edward. I was gonna say it was probably Team Edward or Team Jacob, like fucking Twilight or something like that. Yeah. Just think of all this togetherness we're going to experience. Bitches love togetherness. Oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Sending it to them over an email or something like this, <laughs> or like, I have this form for you about getting an xbox you can feel free to read that at your leisure i'll be upstairs Shh. masturbating yeah. <laughs> no, it's a form though of course it doesn't matter if you're getting handed if you're handing a document to whoever you're dating about why you need an xbox one like you they're have your big parent, fucking problems like they're your fucking <laughs> you, parent she doesn't way. exist if you have this document in your hand and you're going to hand it to a girl she's not your girlfriend yeah. okay you don't have one <laughs> I feel like if anything, this would be best sent to like your mother or something. Like it does. It's a, in a sense, you'd rather knit than watch me slay zombies. But hear me out on this. <laughs> knit, knit. Why is that an option? Uh okay. Where is this from? I'm not trying to get my grandmother to buy me an Xbox. All right. So let's see. Number three, it will help us get fit. The console offers Xbox Fitness free with Xbox Live Gold through December fourteenth. Oh, December 24th. Oh, Jesus, they're going to charge you for that after that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that. You know, no one will be playing it in a year anyway, so they can do whatever they want. So I can get the abs I've always dreamed of while working out to Tracy Anderson. No idea who that is. I have a feeling you put some hilarious shit in these drop-downs. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, those links aren't links. Those are the drop-downs that you can change. 
Oh, these are so all the un- underlined words. You can you can customize those too. So, and I don't know what the other choices are, but you know, since you were begging me to dance, maybe it could be since you were begging me to cook. I don't know, like something like that. Like, I wonder if these are like Mad Libs, and you can create the most hilariousest letter to somebody yeah. ever about why you should get an Xbox One. Okay, here's another one. Uh, play with others. You've been encouraging me to play with others. It is just so it happens that Xbox One has the best multiplayer service that filters out jerks. Really? Because, Does it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's where they went. Exactly. That's where they live? Exactly. So don't you worry. If we get an Xbox One, I'll be making new friends in no time. This well, that's is not... not stereotypical at all. Yeah, we can and... talk. Oh, what did you say? Uh, it's just, look, honey, I'm making new friends. Like, really? It's like, I'm leaving you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, proud of <laughs> number five is we can talk on Skype with your favorite sister, whom of course I love dearly. And I heck, apologize for what we did that Thanksgiving. Yeah. Heck, we can even talk to them while we watch your favorite TV show. Yeah. So what do you say? Let's be like an awesome movie montage. Just me, you, and my and that's crossed out our Xbox One together at last. XOXO, me. I want to throw up on whoever wrote this just two or three times. P.S. Did I mention how beautiful you are and how I really appreciate that you love me more than anything? P.P.S. If, or should I say when we get an Xbox One, you have dibs on the first multiplayer game that we experienced together. P.P.P.S. Long story short, I really, really, really want one for holidays. You know, for us. Like, is the person who who wrote this, or is this letter supposed to be for somebody who's fourteen years old, oh, talking God, talking to I their girlfriend? So. If fourteen, who, sure, who, who but gets still, money from their parents? Kill yourself. <laughs> just, just, just take the rope and wrap it around your neck if this is your plan, because you're gonna have a bad time. This is terrible. If this is some sort of stupid Mad Lib. I could enjoy this just by putting in the most vile things ever, but that's it. Spend a dollar on a Mad Libs book. Don't even look at this letter ever again. Don't speak about it. Don't mention it to anyone. Certainly do not pass this to a girlfriend. Don't pass this to any human being ever. Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know what the fuck. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I just reading it. It's just, what, what, what was anyone thinking? Was someone paid to create this thing? Was Somebody this an was office joke that got know, out of hand. I thought that Microsoft cleared house in their marketing department. Obviously, <laughs> not everybody. <laughs> Someone was hiding in the ductwork and crawled back out. <laughs> you had to do something with the interns, dude. Oh, like this is just Microsoft's marketing is is still terrible. My God. So yeah, oh, that, that is uh, that's that's Microsoft sexist. <laughs> Sexist um, Xbox One letter to the ladies. To be yeah. fair, though, they did uh, they did update it and try to adjust some of the default words, and I think even some of the phrases in there to make it a little less uh, a little less blatantly blatantly hetero male. Um, they should have just think... left them all blank. Leave them blank. Let them stick in whatever you want and create the most hilarious Xbox One request ever. Because that's what I, I would actually play with that. That would be funny, and I would send those letters to my friends, and they would have me committed. But I mean, still, at least it'd be something interesting rather than these like this these stupid 
like I just I have no idea where they were going for with this. Like sexist at best, but like my god, what a mess. Well, you know exactly what they were going for. Like they they are, it's just another example. And I mean anybody who's been listening to the Mashcast for any period of time knows I'm not some staunch like feminist advocate or anything like that. But this is like this is a, like a prime example of what you know that group has been talking about for quite some time that you know that women like with marketing and the video games industry in general and I'm not going to talk about in, in internally in this industry like jobs and stuff like that but just from a marketing perspective and sales and you know what companies think video game like you know gamers are like women are just totally excluded from this like all the time and that's I mean this is a prime example of that and I don't know like how do they keep fucking this up how do they keep fucking this up like I don't understand I don't understand how do they keep how does Microsoft keep fucking up the marketing and I it, think I think they're secretly marketing towards grandmas I think that's the whole thing they've been building towards I mean the price is right shown on their playing on their Xbox ones. Now this talking about knitting, their entire advertising campaign is focused on old people. I think I've cracked the code. <laughs> you know, you, you can't spell connect without K N I T. Okay. Thanks Nick. <laughs> We're uh, all going to start disappearing now that we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, like one at a time, like I'm just going to be doing the mash cast. I don't know what happened to everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> if this is my last broadcast <laughs> send help tell send Hidden Path they ruined Counter-Strike <laughs> yeah. oh man Microsoft get your shit together yeah seriously I mean like I, I, can't, I don't think I can beat it in anymore like we'll have this link in the uh, in the show notes and you can you can observe yourself so uh, but let's let's move on to our next topic. We have plenty more Microsoft stuff to talk about. Actually, the next two have to do with like some 1984 style censorship going on. What's that? I got nothing to say. I can't even fucking speak when we talk about this shit. Okay, uh, it's funny that you cursed there <laughs> because uh, if this was on apparently if this is on Xbox One, bad things may be happening too. Uh, the first report is that uh. Upload Studio on Xbox One is temporarily banning users for swearing. Uh, so, well, at least one user reports that they were banned from Skype from swearing on a Skype call. And actually, there's a screenshot that says, Ch- uh, choose something else to play. Because of your past behavior, you can't Xbox Live go... Maybe that's not right. Maybe that's a bug because it says, because of your past behavior, you can't Xbox Live Gold is required to use Skype for Xbox One. Oh, you know, I wonder if maybe their gold account got blocked. Oh, yeah. And then, then therefore, they could get yeah. Skype. Yeah, but that's actually a pretty botched up... Uh, I didn't notice that before. That's a pretty botched up error message. Yeah. But anyway, uh, one thing that has been confirmed is Upload Studio. Uh, you are getting temporarily banned, which, as Nick brought out, may actually be affecting your uh, Xbox Live Gold status for, you know, swearing... In videos and upload studio. 
Now, you can upload a rated M game like Call of Duty and Battlefield where they definitely drop, you know, uh, you know, F-bombs and say things as bad as we say on this show. But if the user themselves curses, then they get temporarily banned. And I'm going to let Joel talk. Why? Well, swearing is a part of our goddamn heritage. Swearing is the thing that I do when I play video games. If you take that away from me, I don't know what will happen to me. Like, I don't know of a single person who doesn't cuss at the top of their lungs while playing a game that's making them mad. I have a friend who I could hear. He, has an, he had an apartment across from mine. I could hear him in his room at one end of the building, in my room at the other end. He was swearing so loud. And that is magic. That is gaming magic. We swear so much when we play. I mean, that, that, that's how I deal with my anger when I'm playing. And for me to get banned from, like, Xbox Live or something like that for swearing or kicked off or get, like, problems in-game, like uh, this one for uh, NBA 2K14, getting a technical foul because I'm swearing? Are you fucking kidding me? You can't tell me not to cuss in my video games. Who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah, actually, the NBA Live one... The Upload Studio one, I think, is just stupid, but the NBA Live one kind of struck me because I'm just like, really? This is the future of gaming that everybody's been waiting for? Because a player um, was, says that, you know, he... he uh, I forget exactly what happened uh, with him, but I guess he got... He got he, there was a call made in the game, and mm-hmm. he cursed at the screen, and then the ref gave him a technical foul. Mm-hmm. Like, that, to me, is not fun at all. And... Yeah. That option should have, first of all, it should have been made very clear that that was on. And two, there should be an option to turn that off. Mm-hmm. There should be an option to turn it off. I'm pretty sure you know, there probably is an option to turn it off because you can turn off a lot of shit in those NBA games. Like, you can turn off fouls altogether and basically play football on the basketball court. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, um, I, I don't like that at all. That developers are going to be using you know, uh, the, the connects always on capabilities and using it for stuff like that. Like, you know, listening to what you say and having the game react to it. No, I don't like that. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's wasn't... another reason why we don't want to connect. Cause if it's seriously going to be chewing me out for what I'm saying while I'm playing a game, we have a big problem. That is none of your business and certainly should have no effect on what I'm playing. But wasn't wasn't it Microsoft though that patented some kind of system for identifying and blocking trolls? Uh, wasn't that one of the patents that came out in the lead up to the? Uh, I think it might have even been before the uh, we had the name Xbox One. But I want to say I, like this system has been in development for a while, and I think you can clearly tell, at least as far as the Upload Studio in- incident goes, um, that there's some kinks that need to be worked out. That that feels reminiscent of uh, I think it was EA who had people getting uh, getting blocked locked out of the forums because they were talking shit on the forums. And then, th- th- since their form account got locked out, they couldn't actually play their games on Origin. Yeah. So I think that's kind of that's kind of you know this, we're seeing the same thing happen with the Upload Studio. Um, I guess my only question, as far as you, you said, like these are mature titles um, that people are uploading. Um, you know, with a mature title, ostensibly the barrier to entry is that you have to buy the game and, when doing so, present an ID that shows that you are of age to play said game uh, wherever these are being uploaded to is there any sort of restriction there i mean could you know i mean theoretically you know could it, like a 10 year old go find these videos and watch them i know it's the internet and yes they can get around that um 
but I mean, conversely, so, so too, um, I'm sure that, that people can upload these videos to YouTube if they want it. Um, they can. And something I just thought about is, you know, because the reason that you're being banned on Upload Studio is because of the policies in the Xbox Live uh, um, terms of service. So what happens if you do that, like playing multiplayer? Like, is it the same thing? Because the Xbox is obviously listening. You know, it's obviously listening to you, and it can, it can, it can identify curse words and um, then report it to Microsoft. Well, Are you going to get if, banned for that? If the patent – I don't know if they're going to get banned necessarily, but I want to say the patent said something about not necessarily banning them, but sort of identifying who tend to be the, the trolls and sort of grouping them together and letting the people who aren't the trolls and grouping them together. And so what may be going on behind the scenes is that if you're cursing a lot when you're talking on Xbox Live – you may find yourself being stuck in groups with other people who curse a lot on Xbox Live. And if you have very nice language, and then maybe you'll wind up in, in with, uh, with groups that don't do that. I mean, that, but that's, I mean, that's entirely speculation from, from what we know. But they're, they're definitely watching what you're saying, though. That's too much. That's too much monitoring and, you know, not necessarily just monitoring, but uh, Microsoft has their hand too deep in it in, in, if that is the case. Like, the community can manage itself. Commun online communities have been managing themselves for so long, we don't need a big brother or a parent to do it for us. Well, I- That's how communities, they, they work. You go, you work in with the group that you, that, 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 that works for you, you know? At this point, with the way Xbox Live is set up and the whole, you know, the, the whole, you know, Xbox Live cloud and shit that they're doing... They could easily have dedicated servers set up, and uh, you could tell it what type of player you are, or what you want to do, and you know put you into that group that you select. And then, if somebody who's who's like cursing a lot or is trolling goes into a group where it specifically says this group or this this the, the uh, you know these section of servers are non-cursing, blah blah. If you, if somebody goes in there and is violating the rules of that server or of that group, move, remove them and suspend them then. You know, don't like don't do it automatically. I mean, that's how servers work on PC. Like when you go into a server, there's there's rules for some servers. Like you know, you can't curse, or you can't do this, or you can't do that, and you abide by those rules. And if you break those rules, you get banned from the server. We've been doing this for millennia. No, you're, you're no, you're entirely you're entirely right. But that's the whole problem is that a console is not PC, and if Microsoft wants to control all the infrastructure, and they're restricting, they're restri- effectively restricting the, the abilities for users to even implement what you're saying. And so, from their perspective, they're they're trying to make it easier by sort of taking all these responsibilities in house and kind of you know shuffling stuff behind the scenes. But and fundamentally, what they're doing is they're taking the power away from the players. And you're ent- you're entirely right. If they said no, we'll let the community sort it out. We trust the community to sort it out. Then yeah, they could give everybody the tools and let everybody build their service but that's not the approach they've taken and this is a much more big brotherly approach to that and unfortunately when they do that you wind up with you know profanity being outlawed yeah so that's the the, the energy that they took or that they that they spent building this system specifically like this they could have they could have built a more robust community feature they could have definitely built that i mean for example okay look at battlefield 3 battlefield 3 uh, most of the servers were dedicated servers. However, they were still controlled by EA. But you could throw up a dedicated server that you called your own. You could you could have done that, you know. Uh, and uh, you did pay for dedicated servers, like if your clan had a server. But you mean to tell me there's nobody nobody in the Xbox community would is willing to do that? Of course they are. I don't know if it's that there's nobody in the Xbox community willing to do that, but. 
I mean, what does it mean to throw up a server on a on console? Are you buying another Xbox to serve as a server? Or is, are no, you, are you, you throw it up in the cloud. It the cloud. Yeah. But at that point, they have to set the infrastructure up. And I guess the question is, do they feel that there's enough revenue to be gained or enough, you know, by doing that as opposed to just, you know, by trying to make it easier on the user? Because I think the other thing, too, is, you know, with the PC community, there's sort of an expectation, like, you kind of know what you're doing with systems and stuff. You don't just, you know, you, have, you, you at the very least, well, like, I shouldn't say anymore because... Uh, console games are the same way now, but you have to get through installing the game on your system, making sure it'll run, making sure there's no bugs. That has nothing to do with dedicated servers. Nothing. No, 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 no. But I'm, what I'm saying though is, you can you can have a console. You know, you throw the console disc in, in your system, and it works. And so, from an end user perspective, it you don't need to be as invested in the technology in order to make it work. So, if you get to the point where you're you're trying to even not even have a dedicated server, but just navigate all the menus or everything, or look for that. I mean, like we were in, we were even saying with the one guy, like there probably is an ability for that guy to turn off the you know technical foul feature on the game, but he didn't know that. He didn't even know to look for that. And is that his fault or is that uh, was that an EA game? Is that his fault or is that EA's fault? That's uh, that's EA's fault. Oh, and actually, EA doesn't make uh, 2K14. <laughs> oh, that was 2K14. Okay, then that's that's take two, then right? That that is take two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, EA made NBA Live 14, which is which awful. was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NBA Live was so bad that 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 technical foul in 2K is still EA's fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, dude. The I, I I'm not a fan of. I've actually never been a fan of publishers, major companies. You know, even like developers getting really like involved in their communities in terms of controlling it. Uh, you know, if they want to assist the community like Epic used to do, that's great. But, like, you know, let the communities police themselves because it's very easy to do. Very easy to do. Actually, I mean, still, like, um, to this day, uh, like, the, the, the ban systems that the communities have put in place for games like Counter-Strike 1.6, Counter-Strike Source, and even CSGO are better than what Valve has to offer. They're better than what Valve has to offer. So uh, and that goes that that's that actually even like with Call of Duty, I call like cheaters run rampant in Call of Duty still like you know since Call of Duty two because the community doesn't police itself anymore they have to wait for Activision to do it so yeah I, th- I think you also have to remember too I mean looking at the history you know the PC always has been an open platform like it's accessible to everyone so it's easy for a community to develop on there whereas with the uh, you know, with the consoles, I mean, not so much for the Xbox because he, he, well, even the original Xbox at launch, they were all you know individual systems. There was no network, and they've built that infrastructure out themselves. So they had the opportunity to say, okay, we're going to lock down this. You know, we're going to lock down this community, and we're we're never going to give people the opportunity to get in on the ground floor here. Whereas for PCs, I mean, you know, the, the community grew with the PC. And so it wasn't, you know, I think if you look at any company now and say, you know, and give them the opportunity to say like, oh, hey, would you rather have the, you know, would you rather let your community manage this or would you rather manage this? I think they'd rather, you know, they'd rather take control of it. But, you know, for a lot of the PC stuff, the community was there before they even had the chance. No, I mean, like, the thing is, like, when on PC with the games, I mean, they can clearly see when a community is building up and growing. You know, developers... And publishers, they have community managers specifically to monitor what's going on in the community, and, and what, they're basically just an extension of the PR department. Monitor what's going on in the community and address any issues as they see it happening. 
And you mean I I mean uh, for to say that Microsoft can't do the same thing is is it, well, I think is silly. I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying that that's not they're in, they're not inclined to. They don't want to because they don't. They, don't. they, they want to be in complete control of the experience. Exactly. exactly. And that's that's the, that's part of the problem. Exactly. If they if they want to be in complete control of the experience, that means they only can go. There's only one vision of it. They can only go in one direction, and that's that. that people are diverse, and that's going to be a problem. Yeah, it seems like they want they want to be in complete control, but they don't want to do any kind of real work. <laughs> so they just put in a system where it just looks for swear words. It's like okay, it'll funnel out swear words, and that should fix it, right? And like. They don't actually want to like do the really hard work that is involved with policing the community, right? But uh, they want to look like they're doing something without actually accomplishing anything, and all they're doing is making people like us mad. Right? Like, it's, it's not going to help. Right. And the Xbox ones, they still don't come with a headset, do they? Oh my god, probably not. I don't know. I don't know because that was that was one of the things like they didn't come with headsets. So that's a, that's a good point. You, know, you had to use the connect to communicate. It probably doesn't matter, even if you did have a headset. You know, you probably there's probably still tracking your speech. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I just want I just want to say though that I do love the idea that you can get called for a technical for cursing in the NBA game. That like, is like, kind like, of like, funny. Assuming assuming that you know it's there and assuming that you understand the system, that is awesome. And the only thing that I hope that they do, I think it would be great if they had a system where is the ref too close to me? Because maybe I can, you know, I can't say it. But if the ref's far enough that I can see that, then I can say it. Oh, maybe there's a ref behind me that I didn't know he heard. And the other thing I want to see is I want to see them implement trash talking where the other players can hear. Because we all know like, you got like Kevin Garnett who talks shit. And then, uh, yeah, what was it uh, with his whole uh, your wife tastes like Cheerios with uh, Carmelo Anthony? I want to see that in game. I want to see somebody saying that to their connect. That that's your wife tastes like Cheerios. Yeah. Uh, so you basically want the opposite of whatever the system is trying to do. Kind fix. of, kind of. I, I want I want to see I want to see developers sort of playing with that because I mean uh, you know I mean that's the thing too. Like there when you're playing games, there are times that you're legitimately going to be frustrated and express that frustration. And you know it, it, with you know with the basketball game, like can you just if you just say you know fuck at any point during the game, do you get a technical no matter what's happening? Or you know I'd like to see them you know because you know people curse on the basketball court, but um, there are, there are certain places and times to do it. Yeah, if you're actually arguing with a ref, that's not when you should be doing it. So yeah, I think I, I think that. I mean, it's an it's an interest, interesting system, and I'd love to see them go deeper with that. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I guess to each his own. Nick, <laughs> I'd rather them not listening on what I'm talking about, because God knows what else they're listening to. If they want to know what you're talking about, they just have to download the Mashcast. That's true, but at least I can track that stat, and it looks good. They will not like it, though. They won't. They no. they will not. So. <laughs> Like, oh, we're not sending these guys any review copies. Fuck those guys. <laughs> that's ex- that's the conversation that will happen. All right, let's, so now let's move on to our next topic. Still Microsoft. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. So uh, remember when Microsoft said that every Xbox One, you know, they were trying to say that, you know, we're friendly with indies now, and every Xbox One is uh, going to be a development kit, or can be a development kit. That's not 100% true, because... Uh, two things. Uh, first of all, you have to uh, apply with Microsoft first before they approve it. And second of all, Microsoft released a statement saying, changing the settings in this menu is uh, only intended for developers for Xbox One, and this alone does not turn the console into a development kit. 
We strongly advise consumers against changing these settings as it could result in their Xbox One becoming unplayable. So if you turn the settings on to, I guess, I guess the debug settings on to turn into a dev kit, you could actually brick your Xbox One. Has that been verified? Has anyone actually managed to brick their Xbox One doing that? I don't think so. I think, well, actually, maybe they released a statement because they've been getting calls from a few people. That could be. But that, because that does, that does sound like kind of like boilerplate warning, like don't rip these tags off your mattresses. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently, like Microsoft, like Microsoft has to do something to the Xbox One. They probably push down something based on your account. They probably push down something so that you can, um, so, so that it, it will work as a dev kit. So basically, I mean, if you are an indie developer, like let's say a, like a, you know, starting, starting off as an indie developer, uh, you have to go through Microsoft to turn this thing into a dev kit, which is not guaranteed. Like it's basically, like basically they said that every Xbox One could be a dev kit, and that's just not true. So well, they're no. lying right now. They said could, could be a dev kit, not would be a dev kit. No, they said oh, could nice. be a dev kit, but that would that suggests that when you buy an Xbox One, you could flip it over to being a dev kit. But no, you have to go through a process with Microsoft, which it's, you it's, can... pro- it's probably not as extensive as it was before. But still, you cannot freely turn into a dev kit and build your own games. Not freely, but you, well, well, I don't know if it's going to cost anything. But you, you know, I mean, but theoretically, the, you can apply with any Xbox One. It's not like you need to purchase a certain type of Xbox One console to turn it into a dev kit. Any of the boxes, provided you have the interest in go, working with Microsoft, could be converted to a dev kit, provided Microsoft approves it. Yeah, but Microsoft has to approve it still. Like, so it, yeah. it can still shut indies out. That's 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 the point here. Yeah, that they 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 they're still they're not the doors aren't as open as they make it appear because they yeah. were trying to make it seem like they were more indie for indie friendly than Sony when they said, oh well, every Xbox one could be a dev kit. Where with Sony, you still have to get a um you still have to get a a PS4 dev kit from Sony. Which from what I hear, if you're approved to get a PS4 dev kit. They're just going to give it to you. Uh, they're not going to charge you for it. Well, that's the same thing that Microsoft is doing. The only difference is Sony actually sends you a different piece of hardware, whereas Microsoft just flips a switch on your existing piece of hardware. Right. I didn't say that was. I didn't say anything about that. Calm down, Nick. Microsoft fanboy. There. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that that's the process, to my knowledge, um, with with the with the PS4 and the PS3, uh, but the Xbox One, it's still. I mean, technically speaking, you say that the PS4 is closed off because they have to send you a different piece of hardware. It's true, but Sony never said that every PS4 is going to be a dev kit. But they're just—they're known to be more friendly with indies than Microsoft, and Microsoft was trying to flip that on its head, and it's turned out that they were just bullshitting, like usual. Yeah. So that may ask the thing. I mean, I didn't see Microsoft with any indie developers at their E3 conference. Well, I don't think. I don't remember. No, I don't know. Actually, no. I barely remember the E3 conference. I remember them saying $500 or $499, and that's when I clocked out. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I clocked out. No, but um, seriously, I mean, I don't know. It just, it's not that big of a deal, but still, they're lying. Okay. But I, I guess I kind of just want to add that, wanted to throw that in there because it leads into the next topic where they're really lying. <laughs> where they <laughs> where they're saying that um the Xbox One is sold out worldwide. And I remember like uh I remember reading that article on Ars Technica 
where it says the you know the Xbox One is sold out at retailers around the world, and that's simply not true. I've walked into stores in the Northeast and seen Xbox Ones, and then there's uh, this article from News Ten, uh, which it, you know they call they made calls to Toys R Us, to Best Buy, to GameStop, and not just in one area, like in in multiple states, they made calls. In multiple areas, they made calls. And a lot of the places said, uh, yeah, we have Xbox Ones. (laughs) We have Xbox Ones. One said, yeah, it was just returned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Magical. So, yeah, the Xbox Ones, uh, they're trying to make it seem like the Xbox One is keeping up with with Sony, but it, it it really isn't. Because uh, Sony released, um, it's funny, Sony released figures saying that they sold 2.1 million consoles, and in retaliation, Microsoft released a, st- uh, a press release talking about how many zombies were killed on Xbox One. <laughs> well, you might have sold 2.1 million, but we sold all of the consoles. Yeah! All. Did you sell all of them? Because you're saying numbers, and that doesn't sound like all of them. It only yeah. sounds like most. Yeah, so basically... Close to... Microsoft is is uh they're just trying to make it seem like oh yeah it's in high demand everybody wants one and I don't get it like if you have them say oh PS4 sold out but you can get an Xbox One right now or you can wait for a PS4 well don't say you can wait for PS4 but you can get an Xbox One right now Sony they can flip it totally differently they can say oh well Sony didn't produce enough but we produced more than enough because we knew a lot of people would want them they could have easily said that nope no why bother why do that? Why be smart? Their marketing t- department is fucking terrible. Yeah, that's <laughs> supposed to be all new. Yeah. We hired yeah. all the brothers of the guys we fired. As it turns out, they're just as dumb. Yeah. So, like, the... I don't know, like... This is the anti-Xbox episode. Isn't that all of them? <laughs> Isn't that all of them? <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, like, just, I don't know why they would go out and say this. Like, it's something that's just so easy to prove. And, like, it, it reminds me of a PS3 did something similar where I, I think Jack Tretton offered $600 to anybody who could find a PS3 on the shelf. And the Penny Arcade guys went around town and found, like, 15 or 30 of them. Like, really? it, it's just, it's a, it's the sort of thing where you're just asking for people to prove you wrong and make you look stupid, which seems to be a perfect fit for whoever wrote the letter. <laughs> the fucking letter. It's like, can we look worse? Are we trying to run the system in the ground as hard as we can? I say no. I say we can still do more to make the Xbox want a complete failure. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know what's going on in Redmond. I, I really don't know what, what's going on there. I know. They can't seem to fire people fast enough for the stupidity to stop. Yeah. Well, who knows if, if Xbox is still going to be part of Microsoft once, uh, you know, once the new CEO gets in there. Yeah. <laughs> if he's looking at this shit, I can't blame him at this point. Yeah. It's Actually, it's ass. funny because um, Balmer, who's the CEO heading out, he was uh, doing a, um, I guess, an investor's call. He was talking about how important the Xbox business is for Microsoft, but numbers don't say it is, dude. Like we talked about those numbers not last week, but I think the week before last. It was like uh, it, they, the the division, the entire entertainment division, brought in like eight hundred sixty-two million, but lost two billion dollars. Microsoft is making more money on Android royalties than there are on their en- entire entertainment division. 
Like, come on. Like, I mean, obviously something's not clicking here. And I'm just starting, I'm just thinking that Microsoft is not the company for consumer products. Like, that that's, that appears to be it. I mean, I think they make a hell of an operating system. I love using Windows. I don't have trouble with Windows. And I, I could do everything I need with Windows. And then in my, you know, in terms of my professional career, uh, Windows makes it a lot easier for me to do my job. So, like, they're doing great in those aspects, and actually their corporate business is pulling in, like, six, like over $6 billion. But yet their entertainment division, they, they want to get into the homes. They really want to get into the homes, and it's just it's not, just not happening. I don't think they got it. I don't think they have it. So, I don't know. Like, they, they used to be a leader, and now they're not. Now it feels like they're, they're catching up here. They had a huge opportunity with the Xbox One, uh, you know, and... And they, I don't think they're taking it. They got too comfortable. They, I think they felt like Sony mm-hmm. at the end of the PS2 coming into the PS3. But there's a difference. Sony had clawed its way up from the bottom all the way to the top through leaders, through Nintendo, through Sega, through Atari. They pushed them out, you know, forcefully. Microsoft stumbled into its position because Sony fucked up. Mm-hmm. If Sony doesn't fuck up, there is no Xbox One. Damn it. <laughs> That's a hell of a quote. That, if fuck, so- I want that on a t-shirt now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if Sony doesn't fuck up, there is no Xbox One. Because, I mean, I mean technically speaking, the, 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 Xbox, the, the Xbox 360 did come out a year before the PS3. So I gave it a bit of a head start. But you had a ton of people waiting for the for the PS3 until they heard it was going to cost $500 or $600 for the good one, you know, and then when they had the terrible launch. That's when people started uh, hopping on the Xbox bandwagon. Not bandwagon, sorry. But hopping on the Xbox 360. Not only did it have games, uh, it had Xbox Live, which PSN did not compete at all at the time with the online system, it was just, it was, uh, it just turned out to be the better console because Sony fucked up. Sony got to up its own ass and thought they could do whatever they want. And that's what's happening on Microsoft. Uh, kind of in a different way, though, because they are totally, well, I mean, we talked about God knows how often, and we talked about it, you know, when they did that first press release. Microsoft is trying to bypass the gamer and go directly into, you know, get, get everybody involved, but their branding is for gamers. You know, I they just didn't do their due diligence, not not all the way, <laughs> and they're, they're paying for because uh, Sony. I mean, Sony was hot on their tails or hot yeah. on their heels, hot on, hot on their heels at the end of the last console generation, mm-hmm. and now they're kind of paying for it. So yeah, we're too busy trying to sell an Xbox to my grandmother, and she's dead. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna buy it. She doesn't care about knitting. She's she doesn't want to watch prices right. She's dead. She's not gonna buy an Xbox One. So stop marketing to her, please. It's not yeah. going to Microsoft needs to, with the new CEO coming in, if they decide to keep the Xbox brand, I think there's going to be a lot of change that Microsoft can actually turn this around. Mm-hmm. They can. But yes. I do think that the, the vision of the Xbox One's vision is going to need to be changed, at least for the time being. Mm-hmm. Bomber's a terrible CEO, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> that could also be the problem. A new CEO... Maybe that may 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 be what they need. 
if you throw a chair at your Xbox or your Xbox Connect, will that get you kicked off of Xbox Live? I don't know, Nick. What the fuck? What kind of question is that? Is that part of the technical file thing? Are we going backwards now? Are you seeking backwards through the podcast now? Well, it was it was a callback, and, and Balmer threw the chair at the one uh, the one conference. He did. He threw a chair. Yeah. When? Oh, I gotta look this up. This, that's one of the I things. I do not about remember Balmer. that at all. <clears throat> Balmer throws chairs. That's, that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, the first thing I type I type into Google, Balmer, and the first two thing that comes up is throws chair. <laughs> Balmer throws chair. Oh, he throws chair at fucking Google. No, not. Let's see here. Oh, no, that's not it? Oh, we'll look it up later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he th- he picked up a chair. Oh, no, uh, somebody was leaving Microsoft for Google, and he picked up his chair and threw it across his office. He must have been exhausted after that. (laughs) 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 Okay, so that's what happened. He was just so bad he threw his chair. Uh, Okay, well, that I'm all, you know, bashed out. (laughs) Let's talk about what's coming out soon. Um... Gran Turismo 6 for PS3? Yeah, I was surprised it was coming out so soon, too. Really? Like, I haven't heard that much about it. Yeah, I know. Somebody just up and told me, like, yesterday it was coming out. Like, really? Didn't the last one take, like, 20 years to make? Exactly. I'm just like, huh. <laughs> okay, yeah. so that that's out. Um, Peggle 2 on Xbox One, I'm pretty sure. That's going to be one of the top games there. Yeah, I'll be playing that while hammered. Uh, other than that, I'm not really seeing anything all that interesting. Not on the major release skit here. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I, it's that time. It's yeah, that time. Goodness, it's time to play catch up. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I think uh, I think we're just about done here, guys. <laughs> you know, for now, the the lull is coming, or it's here. It's good because Frig, I I still got to get to Mario 3D World. So I bought that freaking when it came out, and I still haven't had a chance to play it. So mm. having a little peace and quiet means I might actually get around to it. Yeah. So okay, that that sounds good for now. We'll see what happens with that. Um. But oh uh, yeah, that's uh that's gonna wrap us up here. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud.com/slash/MashThoseButtons. We're on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio for Android and iOS devices. We are on Twitter.com, which is uh, Twitter.com slash MTB site, uh, Facebook.com slash Smash Those Buttons, and YouTube.com slash Smash Those Buttons. And uh, like I said, thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week, hopefully with less Microsoft hate. Let's try, let's try, let's try to make this week a good week, game industry. Let's try, let's try to make this week a good week, please, so we can have something nice to talk about. Yeah, all, all this, all, quiet. All this negative news is shedding years off my life the anger we can't we can't be this angry we're gonna get ulcers yeah i know stop doing dumb crap just let me swear (laughs) that's all all right guys have a good night have a great weekend everybody say something joel jesus i can't think of anything i'm not mad (laughs) okay (laughs) joel joel says goodbye (laughs) all right later later